Welcome to Pure Nonfiction. I'm your host, Tom Powers. We're listening to music from the new documentary, Presenting Princess Shaw. It follows an amateur YouTube singer who gets discovered by an innovative composer on the other side of the world. The film opens in theaters and on VOD on May 27th. Presenting Princess Shaw has personal meaning for me, Last year, I showed its premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. The Israeli director, Ido Har, is a filmmaker I've followed for many years. He made a film called Nine Story Hotel about Palestinian construction workers, and he was the editor for I'm Carolyn Parker that Jonathan Demi directed and discussed on episode six of Pure Nonfiction. Ido came to the story of Princess Shaw through the Israeli musician Kudiman, who we meet in the film. Kudiman has a unique approach to composing. He seeks out amateur musicians on YouTube, a girl's piano recital, a double bass player teaching a lesson, a drummer in his basement, and he artfully stitches these together like a musical collage to create something new. A few years ago, Kudiman showed Ido a singer he had discovered on YouTube. The woman in her mid-30s is named Samantha Montgomery, but she sings under the name Princess Shaw. On her YouTube channel, she posts her own a cappella songs performed very casually while sitting on her couch or in bed. Sitting on the windowsill Staring at the rain outside Asking you why You don't love me at all She also makes candid video entries about her trials and tribulations as she tries to get by on a low-wage job in New Orleans. Hey guys, it's the princess. Today is not a good day for me. I am, um, I'm discouraged, like, about my, um, my music, singing. I just feel like I take five steps ahead and I get pushed back like 30 steps. So I feel like just taking my music book and setting it on fire and just never sing again. Ido was fascinated by Princess Shaw, so he traveled to New Orleans and started filming with her. She had no idea that on a kibbutz in Israel, Kudiman was turning her YouTube songs into something new. In the film, we watch the art that gets made out of their unusual collaboration. Yeah. 
For the past few months, Princess Shaw has appeared before festival audiences at True False, Miami, South by Southwest, and other places. In May, she visited my town for the Montclair Film Festival, and the morning after a rapturous screening, she stopped by the Pure Nonfiction Studios in my basement for a chat. I want to ask you how this film came to be from your perspective. Mm -hmm. How was it that you first met the director, Ido Har? Well, actually, his wife um, sent me a Facebook message saying he was looking to do a documentary about YouTubers. And so I was like, would I like to be a part of it? I'm like, sure. I'd like to be a part of it. So he came down from Israel and um, I met him in his hotel, the lobby of his hotel. And when I met him and we started to talk, I felt really open with him. Like I could just like be myself and talk to him. And at night he came with me to open mic night. And then from that point, he kept coming back and forth, going to different. He was actually filming other YouTubers. So he was going to different places like Washington, like um, London, I guess, like New York, filming different um, YouTubers. And he kept coming back to New Orleans. I'm curious about the rapport that you struck with him, because Mm -hmm. uh, I know Ido. He's he's a quiet guy. He speaks with a kind of thick uh, Israeli accent um, and strikes me as someone who'd be very different than the people that you normally meet in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, but you can feel somebody's heart. Like, you know, like sometimes you could just you just have this feeling that you know they're okay. You know, and I had this feeling that he was cool. Like he talked, he was really sweet, like soft spoken. He did see he does talk with a thick accent, but <laughs> but he was really like cool. I didn't have any feeling like, oh my God, I need to run. It was just I felt like I don't know, maybe a connection to him some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really Really cool. Um, so he was approaching you be, uh, partly because you were on YouTube. Yes. How long had you been on YouTube? Can you describe your relationship to YouTube? Uh, I started my YouTube channel, I think, in two, 2012. And um, it was, in the beginning, it was about me trying to find somebody to do music behind my songs because I sing my own songs on YouTube. And I wanted to find music for them. And so I started off like that. And then it just slowly became a confessional, like to just pour my, and I was like alone most of the time, like a loner. So most of the time it was just me and my phone. I just decided to start when I feel a certain way to like record myself. I don't know, like a way of getting it out. Mm-hmm. Then I just like, I didn't think beyond the phone, like that there were people, I didn't just think like that. I just push, put, publish and let it, let it go. Would you get feedback? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it didn't really matter as long as I got it out, you know? I think there's a shot in the film that shows your YouTube channel that says something like 82 followers. Yeah, <laughs> that's me, 82. <laughs> Did you know who those followers were? No. Were they friends or they no, just... just random people? Yeah. Well, and so one of those random people uh, was Kudiman, yeah. uh, the um, Israeli composer who plays a big part uh, in this film. I don't want to give too much uh, yeah. away. But... Um, from the time that Ido met you to the time that there's a kind of important uh, transition in the film, mm-hmm. how much time went by? It's like months. Sometimes it'd be like three months, two months. Then he'd come back and he'd leave and he'd come back and he'd leave. And then, but he said that the more he, the more he would leave, like he would go other places. His heart was, he wants, his heart wanted him to come back to New Orleans and shoot me. So thank you, Ido. <laughs> 
I've, I've heard him say that when he started off this film, he thought there was going to be a portrait of several different mm-hmm. characters. And ultimately, he he just really yeah. liked your story uh-huh. uh, so much. Um, and what were you thinking while he was filming you? Like, What did you imagine was going to come of this? You know, I just thought it was going to be on YouTube. And I could just like, because I'm like a big YouTube buff. Like I watch you. I'm always on YouTube. Not just recording on YouTube, but I watch YouTube all the time. So I just thought I could go on YouTube and look at the documentary. I wasn't thinking like it would be what it is today. <laughs> like <laughs> I had no idea. So in my mind, I'm just going to go on YouTube and watch it. Uh, as a result of the experiences in this film, you've gotten to do uh, more music. I want to ask you, like, how long have you had that passion to, to be doing music? Oh, wow. Since I was younger. I had the passion, but not the drive when I was younger. So I would like write songs and sing and like me and my little sister would dance and do dances. And we, we swear we were like going to be like, like, even if we were practicing, we act like we were really being watched by people. I have a great imagination. So like, but since I was younger, I had that passion for music, always writing and singing and doing anything I could do. So, yeah. But that's an important distinction between having a passion and a drive. Yes. Uh, when did you get the drive? You know, when I moved to New Orleans, I got the drive. Because at first, I didn't feel like I could remember my... I don't know why I thought I couldn't remember my songs. Like, I can't sing right. Like, oh, my God. And I was really, really nervous. I had, like, stage fright. Mm. So I was really scared to sing in front of people. And then when I moved to New Orleans, um, I was singing like everybody else wanted me to sing. And so when I moved to New Orleans, in the shower, I discovered my voice. I, I like I always record myself singing just to hear what I'm singing because I always have freestyles in my head. So one day, I recorded this song, and I'm like that's my voice like I felt like I was comfortable in that lane in that setting so from that point it just went it made a difference hearing it back on the yeah. recording yeah you know you listen to yourself before I, I would sing and I would be scared to sing up and big and you know I would like go down like wouldn't take my notes higher I would always go down because I was afraid I couldn't do it and so after I discovered that like listening to myself like oh wow you can really do that then it just my confidence and drive I started hitting the drive and it started just going. So yeah. Uh, you said that the the first day that Ido met you, he went with you to an open mic night. Yes. Is that the scene that we see in the film? Yes. Yeah. So in this scene, you are at this open mic night, you wind up late on the bill and yes. will describe for me what happened in your well, that, it was another one before that, but this one, this was a showcase, the one you're talking about. And um, they put me way at the bottom. And so when I went to the back to get on the stage, when I left, people were out there. And when I came out, it's like, oh, my God, like, nobody's here. Like, but it just was like, whatever, do what you got to do. Because I'm used to that. Like, that's like a norm in New Orleans. Like, they do that. Like, they come to, um, to like, see their, their, their people, their friends, their family. And then when they're done, they leave. So it's just like I just performed like it was 2,000 people, <laughs> even if it was two. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. Tell me about So I first had the chance to meet you at the Toronto Film Festival last September where we showed the North American premiere mm-hmm. of the film. Uh, what was that experience like for you to to have the film showing in front of a big audience? It was surreal. It was exciting overwhelming um crazy uh all those emotions balled into one 
So I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. And then you sit in the audience with the people. Like I saw, I only saw it twice, looked at it twice. But I think it's beautifully done, but I, also, I don't like to look at myself because I'm very critical. Mm. But I'm sitting in the audience and I'm like, they hate it. They really hate it. Really? You thought that? Yes. <laughs> but what, what made you think that? I don't that? know. I'm crazy. <laughs> Because people are laughing, they're But, like, crying. you know, like, you don't, you, you sit there, you don't really know, like, you know, I guess in your head, you're like, I just want to get out of here. Like, you know, you're sitting around, it's like you're watching yourself with everybody else, and you, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's like, and then, you know, me and Cootie were joking, we were sitting next to you, like, did he like it? Did he hate it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I would just, in my head, because I'm critical myself, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, they hate it so much. They're just going to all get up and leave. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm interested in this. Why? Like, when did you realize they didn't hate it? Um, when the people started talking to me, like, and when they started clapping, this, I'm like, okay, they like it. Dude, I mean, <laughs> I think you got a standing ovation. Yeah, like you know, like, but it, before that, you're sitting there and you're looking at yourself, like, it's weird. It's very weird. It's just weird, and you're just like, oh my god, what? Are, you know, you don't know, like, what do they think about it? And then you just like, they love it, like, oh, okay good <laughs> now i can breathe yeah. so in the film people describe the film as a cinderella story you, you know you in the movie you get this moment uh a kind of moment that you've dreamed of yeah. and uh and then after that moment the film you know shows you kind of back at your job in mm -hmm. new orleans the uh the attention is you know behind yeah. you uh and that you know that's the part of the Cinderella story that people don't talk about a lot is yeah. that the, the carriage uh -huh. does turn back into a uh -huh. pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mentioned that there's probably different cycles of that for you, that you, you go off to a film festival, you get a standing ovation, mm -hmm. and then you go back home. And yeah. how is that experience for you? You know, I think it's, it keeps you at a humble level. Because you go out here to these festivals and you, you meet all these people and they stand up and they clap for you and everybody's like, oh, I want to take selfies. And some people ask for autographs. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I'm laughing because I think it's hilarious. I'm like, sure, but why do you want this? <laughs> like, you know, then you go home and you're just you. And it's a balance, but it's a good balance because it keeps you grounded. You know, and I stay grounded that way because, like, I like I like going to festivals and doing that, but I also like to just be myself and be home and just be normal and quiet, you mm. know, and still. Yeah. So, yeah. It's okay for me. I'm used to it by now. Um, what do you hope that audiences will take away from this film? I really want them to know that um, reality is reality. Like, you don't always get what you want in life. Like, you just have to be happy with what you have. Like, you know, and dreams don't always come true. And You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, like you said, it turns back into a pumpkin. It's okay. Make pumpkin pumpkin pie. Who cares? Like, it's okay. Like, and I want them to know also that um, you don't have to be in front of a, a million people to be successful. You don't have to have people's um, be people clapping for you or or taking selfies or pictures. Don't think success is weighed on how many people love you. You should love yourself. You know, it's nice that people do love you and and think you're important and all this, but you should feel that within yourself. And success doesn't have to necessarily be um, in front of a thousand people, like I said, singing songs or being on TV. You can be successful in your regular life. You can be successful in love and happiness. You can be successful successful in a lot of things, not just um, money, power, and fame. Because fame is like really, 
That's like a really people. Some people want fame. They say, "Be careful what you wish for," because sometimes it's not all cracked. It's not all it's cracked up to be. You see people on TV and they're like smiling, doing videos and mm. pictures and glamour, but you don't see what's behind that. And most of the time, you don't even have money half the time to do anything, like because you're getting advanced and then they're taking what you. You know, it's like. Well, I think he's, yeah. There's been a lot of documentaries uh, lately. I think of what happened Miss Simone and Amy mm-hmm. that. Uh, a representative of that uh, yep. that dark undertow yeah. of fame. It's it's sometimes dark, and you have to be careful. You have to be very. It's like really because you have sometimes you have people around you that aren't good for you. They they people like they, they have, those kinds of people definitely come out when oh when yeah you get attention. Right? Oh yeah, you know they come out. Oh hey, <laughs> I remember you. I knew you was gonna make it. You like get out of here. You <laughs> you never you didn't say anything to me when I was like you know you feel like now you see you on pictures and stuff. Like people think because I'm like on you know I go to festivals and I'm on I take pictures or whatever. Then I'm like you made it. You're I'm like no. I'm okay, but, like, calm down. I'm not, like, super I'm Like, no, I'm just a regular person just doing the regular thing. Like, I guess it's not regular. Kind of not. It's not, like, regular. This <laughs> isn't regular, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm just doing my thing. But I'm not, like, a superstar. I'm just Samantha. Yeah. You know? uh, you've lately been recording some more music. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um, actually, I came from Israel. I went back to Israel my third time in Israel. Mm-hmm. And me and Cootie, he's producing my next album, my first official album, not my next one, my mm-hmm. first official one. So it's all my songs, all me, and it's all his music. So I'm excited. So, yeah, it's like, um, I think we did, like, maybe, I'm not sure, I think 12 songs. Wow. I'm not sure. Don't be mad, y'all, if it's not 12 songs, but I think it's 12. <laughs> I think it's, like, 12 songs. Uh, tell me about your songwriting process. You know, I don't really write. I used to write. I could, I could write, but I think when you write, you think too much. But when you just, when I freestyle and just sing off the top of my head, it comes out from my soul. So when I just sing, I start. I, sometimes I start with a chorus mm. in my head. I hear something, and if it, if it keeps repeating, I know it's a good song. And if I forget it, it's not a good song. So mm-hmm. so when I sing, I sing the chorus, and then I might say, okay, that's nice. And then later on at night, the verse might, the first verse might come, or half a verse. It's weird how I write, and it stays in my head. And then I usually, and then I eventually, when I record the whole song, sometimes I record the whole song straight through with no music, and then I just write it down. And then if I say something weird or crazy, I'll just change the words around. Sometimes I keep them the way they are. But yeah, that's my process. Uh, and so you're... When you're recording, you're like recording yourself on your yeah. cell phone, and it's is that how you know like the next day what the song is? Um, yeah, I do. I lately, I record myself, or either audio or video. I record myself. I hear something, I'm like, I like that, and so I record it. So most of the time, just put my phone down, just push, just push record, and just randomly sing a song, like whatever comes to mind. So you've got twelve or so songs coming yes. out uh, on your album. Is there a lot more where that came from? Are you like Prince? Do you have vaults of songs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am. I have like a, so many songs. Like, and I probably have new songs in my head coming. They come a lot. It's like, it's a blessing and sometimes it's like annoying because you'll be laying down asleep. You sit up and start singing this song and you're like, oh my God, I just want to go to sleep. Then there's another song that comes in my head, another song, and my hand just keeps going. Uh, can you. Uh, Give us a little taste of uh, of one of the songs from your new album. Yeah. And I put on my makeup to try to dry away these tears. In the emotional mess you left me. But how do we go from here? 
But it's the same song you lied. But it's the same song you cried. But it's the same song said you're leaving. But it's the same song say goodbye. That's called Put On My Makeup. I want to thank Samantha Montgomery, a.k.a. Princess Shaw, for visiting with us. Thank you. Watch her film Presenting Princess Shaw in theaters and on VOD starting May 27th. In the next episode, I talk to the legendary filmmakers D.A. Pennebaker and Chris Hegedus, who have been collaborating together for 40 years. In order to make a film... And, when, and if filmmaking is, is, your, is your passion, that's all you can imagine yourself doing. What you want is a partner with whom you share, totally share the adventure. Their new film is Unlocking the Cage, about the lawyer Steve Wise fighting in court for animal rights. Thanks to the Pure Nonfiction team, series producer, Michael Scotty Jr. Sound mixer, Kyle Murphy. And executive producer, Rafaela Nehausen. Our coordinating producer, Rachel Fishman Federson, is moving on. Her new job is the publisher of the venerable Jewish news source, The Forward. We're grateful for her support and wish her well. I'm Tom Powers. If you like what you've heard, the best way to support us is to subscribe on iTunes. And please leave a review. We read them all. You can read our show notes, learn about live events, and sign up for our newsletter at purenonfiction.net. No, you sign.